The future of your child's education is in your hands. This podcast will provide you with the best parenting tips so your child can achieve the very best, including advice from leading educators and information on how to use the latest learning technology. This podcast is brought to you by CygleEd. The CygleEd app opens up the very best teaching to millions of students. And now over to your host, Melanie Graves. Hi everyone, my name is Melanie Grace and welcome to the Future of Education podcast. So today I'm with Jessica Cook, who is the owner of The Careers Lady. So The Careers Lady sounds like a fantastic business Uh, and Jess, it's lovely to have you here today. Please tell us more about your business and um, how you've been getting on during COVID-19. Hi Melanie, yes, thank you. It's lovely to be here. Um, So yeah, The Careers Lady is a business that is solely within school. So everything that I do is within education and supporting young people with um, their career, funnily enough, as the name suggests. So um, COVID has brought challenges, but it's also um, provided us all with a new way of working, which has been the case in education as well. So there have been some challenges in that for a lot of schools, they've had to set up all of their young people with new technology um, and supporting the digital divide. Some of the schools that I work with that was a real issue Um, so during lockdown one it was all about actually just making sure that the young people had equal access to be able to access their education um, but also the careers education which is where I sort of slot into the school's offerings but it also meant um, on the sort of brighter side a bit of a silver lining that I was able to work with schools from farther away that I wouldn't have been able to usually because of the remote way of working and everything was on teams etc it meant that I was able to do calls and support students that usually I wouldn't get to see in a, in a face-to-face capacity so um, from that perspective it brought some some silver linings and some positives as well. That's excellent that's really good and how did you come up with this business this concept idea where did it come from? So I started working in schools um, quite a few years ago now, the end of 2017, and my role at that time was actually a dual role. So I looked after the pastoral attendants in a sixth form and also did some career stuff with them. Um, And that's where I found that actually I was really passionate about careers. So that's when I launched the Careers Lady and I worked with, or I'm currently working with, five different schools and going out and helping young people to think about what they want to do in the future. And once they've sort of found that spark and the thing that they're passionate about, it's then helping them to think about how they're going to get there. So what qualifications they're going to do is obviously really important. You need to be qualified to go into the job you want to do. But also thinking about the bigger picture in terms of what skills and experiences they need to get to that particular role or destination that they're trying to get to. So, um, yeah, it's been, been quite the journey working with lots of different schools and every student has different barriers, which makes it quite nice for me because it means we're always focusing on different elements and different things to overcome. That's lovely. And it must be nice just working with so many different you know, children, really understanding everyone's different personalities, what they want to achieve in the future. It must be very interesting. I've heard so many different voices. <laughs> Yeah, it is. You know, it's funny you should say that, actually, because just this week um, I was working with a year nine group. So quite young year nine to be thinking about careers. And they've, they've not usually got it sussed. A few of them might. But on the whole, they're still working out who they are and, and where that might lead to. Um, but at the end of the day, we did a bit of a, um, a survey to see who was thinking about what they might be doing. And for the large majority, it was I'm not sure yet, which is obviously the expected outcome. But we had some that were things like one of the boys wanted to be an ice cream man. 
and I just loved it. I thought, <laughs> just yeah. great that he's, um, yeah, at the moment, that's that's his thing. That's what he's going for. And I'm sure that will evolve and change. But it's just quite nice to see at that age. So what we do is we track that each year and see how that changes. So year nine, ice cream man, what might it be in year 10 and, and then moving forward? So, yeah, all different personalities and different destinations, which is is really interesting. That's lovely. And definitely with minds at that age, the possibilities are limitless. So it's really important, I guess, that they stay like that. They stay flexible. And um, so that's that's really wonderful. Um, so why should parents be thinking about careers whilst their child is still in school and so young? Because I know that you work with a lot of different ages. Um, and as a parent, you know, I think your probably first focus is let's make sure they pass, they get the grades, they're OK. So why careers do you think it's really important? So what we actually find is that the, the younger that we start speaking to the students that we work with about careers, the more focused they become. Um, so, for example, if they know where they're trying to get to and they know that they need to get a five in science, for example, to be able to do that certain maybe biology course to go on to nursing, then it helps them to be more focused when they are in education and they are in school. Um, sometimes if they're not quite sure where they're heading, then it makes it a little bit difficult for them to know exactly why, why they need to do so well. For some of them, it comes naturally and, you know, it, as part of their personality, they want to do well in everything they do. But for others, unless they really see the purpose and, and where they're trying to get to, they can find it quite difficult to, to stay focused and to really understand why their whole education is so important. So I think finding that focus from an early age is really useful. Um, and helps them to, to understand all those different parts of education and how it all fits together to get them to the lifestyle that they want to live as well as the career they want to do. And the other thing as well is that it's more than just the qualifications, it's also, like I touched on earlier, things like all the skills that they need. So by thinking about their career development at an earlier age, they're more likely to say yes to things. That might be D of E, um, or it might be a particular sort of work experience programme. And because they know the importance of those different things and the skills that they learn, they're more likely to engage and say yes is what we found. It's really interesting and I think it, it's great now how it, it's almost like with adults you know once you have a clear goal or you know what you're trying to achieve or you know what role you want in work then like you say you know what qualifications you need to get you know how things you know need to work so I think it's brilliant that that has actually been now would you say it's been brought into schools far more recently or how has it evolved? Yeah so um it's been a bit of a journey, to be honest, careers in schools. Quite a few years ago, um, there was a lot of importance and there was a company called Connections that ran all the careers advice in schools. Um, they were dissolved and, and the government didn't fund it anymore, basically. And there was a couple of years where careers wasn't, it wasn't really seen as massively important and there were lots of other things on the agenda. Um, but back in January 2018, the government, um, alongside a company called the Careers and Enterprise Company, brought out new statutory guidance. Um, it's called the Gatsby Benchmarks, and it's basically these eight benchmarks of different areas that schools have to be working towards to support their students' career development. So it's things like making sure students have access to impartial careers advice, making sure they have encounters with um, employers, but also with higher education establishments. So it basically, it just gives schools guidance on what they should be doing to support their young people's futures. Um, which is great because having benchmarks in, in any sort of area of work is really important. But I think prior to the benchmarks being brought out, schools were all sort of doing their own thing. Um, no one was working towards one particular sort of collaborative aim. Um, some people were doing loads and some people weren't doing much. But now we've got these benchmarks that go across every establishment. Um, there's much more collaborative ways of working and, and schools and education establishments coming together to support all young people. 
which is good. That's brilliant. And I bet, obviously, as, as everything evolved, you've seen a lot of positive changes. So I think that, like you say, with new programs or practices being brought in, it just gets better and better, you know, in terms of the service and what you can provide. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing is, is that whilst every school has got different barriers, we all have the same um, outcome, I guess. We all want our students to go on to positive destinations, whatever that might be. Uh, it might be going on to university, it might be finding a degree apprenticeship, it might be doing a vocational course and, you know, joining employment at 18. And whatever that positive outcome is, we're all working towards that same aim for our students. Um, and the barriers might be different and, you know, we're all finding different ways to overcome those barriers for young people but it, it's just quite a nice sort of mutual outcome that everyone in the school wants, teachers, support staff, careers professionals, we're all walking to, uh, working towards that one aim. So yeah, it's nice, it was very collaborative and, and very a sense of working together for those young people. That's brilliant. So obviously COVID-19 has been a real challenge for everyone lately, in and out of schools and so much going on. So how has COVID-19 impacted the future of teen employment, do you think? And have you seen any, you know, uh, changes in your students or the people that you're working with and how, how they responded to this time? Yeah so I think with the, the sort of initial year groups that are leaving, uh, leaving education sorry so year 11 and year 13 this year there was a big a big sense of worry I would say they're worried about entering the workplace because you know if you listen to the headlines it's it's a lot about unemployment um, and people losing their jobs and it's all quite negative at the moment so for them thinking about entering the workplace it feels like a scary place um, you know, they when they're applying to job roles, they're up against people who have maybe been made redundant and have got obviously far more experience than them. So um, that is is one thing. So there has been a real sense of worry. But I've been doing a, a talk for a couple of weeks actually, a couple of different sixth forms and things, because we've been looking at actually how they can overcome these barriers. And one of the key things that I've said to them is that the people that have found themselves losing their jobs in some circumstances, it's not just because of COVID nineteen. I think COVID-19 with a lot of businesses has played a bit of a, a role of acceleration. So the sorts of roles that have maybe been made redundant are the roles that sort of automation was taken over anyway. And the way that one of the students in year 12 put it was what, so the robots are taken over. So well, that's not, that's not quite what's happening, but actually um, technology was always gonna be more apparent within businesses and within all areas of our lives. And so the roles that used to be done by people things like um, working on a checkout at a supermarket, um, on the production line in warehouses, there are robots and there is um, technology that's coming into place that are, are taking over those roles in essence. So it is an acceleration of change. And what we've been saying to these young people is that actually um, you need to think about what roles it is you're trying to get into. Um, and the sorts of roles that we need are in the short term, things like um, nurses, NHS staff, all those really important frontline roles that we've seen during COVID. And then longer term, all of the STEM subjects are going to play such a massive part in how we evolve and, and overcome sort of worldwide challenges, if you like, as, as the human race. We need scientists and we need engineers. And that's the sort of job roles where if you go into one of those STEM careers, you know you're going to have a career for life because you're working on these really big challenges that we as, as the human race are facing, which, which feels very big. Um, but it's the truth. That's, that's what we're up against. Definitely. And it is, like you say, it's scary on one hand, but then on the other hand, it's just, you know, evolution, how things, you know, do change and adapt. So, so how are you currently integrating um, STEM learning and also how are you, you know, making that, um, you know, well known to your, the young people that you're working with and, and working with that method? 
So there's there's a big um, drive, I guess, from the UK government based on STEM education and STEM learning, because it's very widely apparent that that is where the skill shortage is. We haven't got enough engineers and we haven't got enough scientists. Um, and so promoting to young people who have got a passion and, and uh, an aptitude, I guess, for that particular area, it's actually helping them to see where they might fit within those roles. And so we try and do a lot of classroom based things in schools because what we're trying to do is show them how the topics they're learning in their GCSEs and A-levels could actually relate to the world of work. Um, and that might be things like have an employer do a talk. So um, it might be that they're studying, I don't know, genetics, for example, in biology. And we have someone who works within that field come in and do a talk around what they do and how they're actually using what that young person is using in the lesson within the workplace. So they can see that clear evolution of how if they are interested in that topic, they can move into that. Because I think the thing is, is that if, if a young person likes science, if they like one of those sciences, for example, they can go on to do a degree that specializes in just one topic that they've covered. You know, they don't have to do biology as a degree, they could do just genetics. Um, so they can really be quite specific in where they're trying to take their career. And if they learn that in the classroom at school, um, then it helps them to shape their future and where they're, where they're heading, really. That's brilliant. I like how you said that they can focus on one specific part as well, because I feel like before, you know, everyone was very general with what they studied. It was a specific topic. But now, you know, we do have a lot of different experts in specific niches. And I just do you think that's getting far, far more focused as we go on? Yeah, there's there's so many degree courses now that really are focusing on really specific areas. You know, for, for a student that's say taking computer science, they could go on to university and just study virtual reality. So they could take their favorite part, the bit that they're really good at and they're really passionate about, and they can specialize within that. And that's quite a new thing, these sort of niche um, degrees. And I think it's fantastic. It's fantastic for the students that know their niche and know what they want to do but then of course for the ones that haven't quite worked out that niche yet there are still those more generic and wider courses that they can take before thinking about what their niche is and and looking to move into or studying that further after their degree so I think it's nice it, it adds an extra route so for the ones that are ready at sort of a level age to think about their niche and their speciality there's the option for them to now go straight into that that's great. So really good that they've got, like you say, more options is, is a lot better, especially if you know what you want. Um, so what is the early careers plan um, as well? So I know that that's something that you uh, that you're, you're focused on. Yeah, so um, a lot of companies in the UK have what they call an early careers plan. So it's, it's basically how they um, allow access from young people into the workplace so it's all about talent attraction and how they find young people either through apprenticeship screens or graduate programs to come into the business and then nurturing that talent and helping them to form their career so um, in my opinion some of the best graduate and apprenticeship schemes are the ones that allow young people to try lots of different areas so they might do like four three-month placements in their first year where they try different areas of the business before they then choose the one that they want to progress and specialize within. So it's just continuing really to nurture that talent and in that young person's early career stage, helping them to really find what it is they're passionate about and where, where they're going to have purpose and, and make that positive change in the world. So um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of work that a lot of companies are doing and that's big companies, medium-sized companies, because they understand the importance of nurturing that young talent and helping young people to find their speciality. 
Good. And I think, you know, like you said, with the apprenticeship side, I understand that that's really important. But say the younger students, how can we involve the careers plan and say students that are age seven, you know, seven to 12? How, how can we implement it there? So what we try and do with those younger year groups where they're not quite thinking about GCSEs yet, they're not they're not even close to really thinking about it from an academic or a qualification perspective, is we just try and expose them to as many careers as possible. Um, because the more you show them, the more they learn about and then the higher chance there is of them finding something that they really relate to and that excites them and that they, they see themselves doing in the future. Um, you know, we can only show students as much as we can and they will only learn from what we show them. Um, if, and actually it's, it's interesting because one of the students uh, I was speaking to the other day who was in one of the younger year groups, we do a talk um, every term and this particular talk we had a talk from the army and it's really interesting because at least half of the group that come out of the assembly hall will go i'm going to join the army and it's sort of like whatever you show them they find their natural interest in and they're excited about but then next term we'll show them something else and they go oh i'm going to be a firefighter so it's like the more you show them they they will be excited by it but they have to see a full range to be able to decide the best one for them because they are they're so easily influenced um, you show them something that's, you know, a little bit exciting and that's what they want to do, which is great. And it's lovely to see that enthusiasm, but it's actually just trying to harness that and, and make sure it's right for them. Yeah, certainly. And that's very sweet. I definitely think, like you say, it's lovely that they have so much enthusiasm and you can see at a young age they're wanting to get involved and seeing how amazing um, all these different workers are. But yeah, it's good that mentally in the back that there's a lot of more processes that need to be um, need to be done to make sure they get to the exact what they want to do, you know, when they're when they're older. Um, so what actionable steps can parents take to support their teens with their future or all their kids? You know, if they're school at the moment, if they're maybe scared about COVID, if they're not really quite sure about the direction um, what can they do yeah so I think there's there's two things really depending on the stage of the journey that that young person's at so if they're shown an interest or, or started to decide what it is that they want to do the best thing you can do is to support them within that particular area so say for example um, they've shown an interest in studying medicine then you want to look at or actually how the medicine process works when you're applying to medical schools and universities you want to see if you can get some virtual work experience at the moment the nhs are offering lots of opportunities so it's if they've got that idea in mind it's finding things that are relative to that and there's so much available which is great it's just a case of finding it um, and the power of the internet we've all got access to google if you search nhs work experience you'll find it which is fantastic but it's just helping um, your child or young person to be able to access those different things i think is the important thing if they have decided or started to think about what they want to do and for those students that aren't quite sure what they want to do it's helping them really discover more about themselves so it's things like finding out what type of learner they are um, do they learn visually or auditory or are they a kinesthetic learner and if they are kinesthetic and they enjoy things more hands-on then maybe a vocational course is a better route for them potentially um, it's also thinking about motivation I speak to young people about this a lot because it's it, it's a really clear indicator for us as, as to what might be good for them in the future because some people or some young people are it's all about money they want to earn as much money as possible they want to drive a tesla it's all of that sort of thing whereas for some of them they want to help people um and they want to give back or they want to solve world issues or they want to invent new things and so finding out what motivates them and why they want to be in the workplace in future is is really important as well um, and also the other thing to think about is 
is what they picture their work looking like. So if I meet with someone, um, say year seven, year eight, much younger, and we're starting to think about their future with them, just because usually at that age, it's maybe they've lost direction or they're not as focused in lesson. And so teachers might refer them for a career appointment just so that they can get a bit of an understanding that they're not going to be in school forever and that actually they're going to be more, they're going to go on to something else. And what, we, what I do with them at that stage is ask them where they picture themselves working. So if they were to write a story of a day in their life in you know five or ten, however many years time, what does that look like? Are they working outside? Are they working with people? Are they in an office space? Um, and just getting them to really sort of pinpoint the things that are important to them for their future and things that they can already relate to. So, for example, if you ask them what sort of environment they might be working in, if they already know they like being outside and they enjoy being in nature and they enjoy, I don't know, PE or something like that, then you can start to think about, well, actually, these are the sorts of jobs that would be working outside. So, yeah, I think if they if they haven't worked out exactly what it is they want to do, the important things to think about is what the workplace looks like to them in their mind, what their motivators are, and then what their learning type is like, because that helps to build a picture for that young person of, of where they where they enjoy being really because that's the most important thing we all want to be happy in our careers and it's the same for young people um, so once we've found out those sort of key motivating factors then we can support them based on their individual needs that's really fantastic knowledge thank you for sharing that Jess really appreciate it um, some interesting points there like you say painting a picture and understanding where they feel most comfortable you know how they learn um, do you think there's any, do you think it's it's good for parents to encourage their children to maybe, um, you know, if they're in a certain profession, maybe tell them a bit more about it, see what their thoughts are. And just from a family point of view, say around the dinner table, um, you know, just have these sort of conversations with them. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important. And you can really tell we do a survey with our parents every year, at one of the schools that I work in. Um, and one of the questions on there is, have you had a conversation with your son or daughter or young person in the last six weeks about their career? And actually, there's, there's some where we see lots of yeses. And when we link that to their young people, those young people are usually far more focused and have far more direction than when they're not talking about careers and futures at home. And I think it's really important to have that family conversation um, and it's not not to put pressure on them, not to say you must have it all figured out right now, um, but just so that they feel that they're supported in that thought process and in that journey to thinking about their future. And I think the other thing, sorry, that's important as well is, is using the family network. So if they show an interest in joining the army, for example, as we had lots of students do the other week, if you know someone, um, a family friend or something that has been in the forces, it's seen if they'll have a conversation with that young person, even just a phone call where that young person maybe could interview them and ask them all about their job. Because after that little bit more exploration, they'll either go, yeah, but I, I do like the sound of that. Or they'll go, Ethan, I have to be up at five o'clock every morning and I don't want to do that. And then, they, you know, they'll find something else they're interested in. So I think aiding them in that way and using the family network to be able to support the things that they are looking at is important. Yeah, definitely. Excellent. Yeah, that's really nice. And I never really thought about obviously getting family and friends involved. I think, like you say, it's, it's easy on the outskirts to say you look at a job and think it looks very, you know, cool or interesting or strong or glamorous. And then but definitely when you actually understand more about it, it's totally the opposite. So it's um, it's some really good tips. So for our final question. So how can we work with schools in the government and what additional support is available? So if there's someone like you, you've provided fantastic tips to parents, but what other actionable steps can they do? 
So I think the, the key thing, like I mentioned earlier, is that there is so much available on the internet. The amount of free resource is just it's just insane um, and there are some really good websites that young people can use but that can parents can use as well um, to think about how they can support their children so um, some of the websites that, that I'm aware of so one of them if your young person is thinking about university then the UCAS website is the best place to start it's full of information videos blog posts um, podcasts loads of different things that will be useful um, but there are also some other more student-friendly websites that parents could look at with their young person. So it might be, um, there's a website called Career Pilot that's got over 800 different job profiles and videos that are for young people. So they've all been made with that target audience in mind. So they're really easy to understand. They've also got a really clear on each um, job profile page. It tells them how much they could earn, how many hours a week that they might be required to work. And then the important one I think that's on there is the growth or the decline for that particular job role. Um, so it will tell you, I think it's 2025 at the moment, so by 2025, this job will be rising by X percent or declining by X percent, which is obviously really important because we don't want to gear our young people up to move into careers that aren't going to be there when they actually enter the workplace. Um, so that's Career Pilot, that's a good one. And then another one that I really like is a website called Panjango, um, and it's a game, that website. So basically you access this online virtual world and you go through that world and you can click on the different workplaces um, and you can read about the people who work in that particular workplace, but they also set challenges on there as well. So there are like five minute knowledge tests or challenges, but there are also like some practical challenges that, that young people can do at home with parents as well. Um, so it might be design you know a particular thing for the engineering one to show that they've got that creativity skill and that you know the innovation and those sorts of things so there's some real practical things you can get involved in as well which young people always love anything that's more hands-on less reading and listening and more doing it's always good so yeah a couple of websites i think that's the key place to start Excellent. Some really good thoughts. And yeah, thank you for sharing all those great resources. And it's really interesting, actually, like you say, if you like a job, then you're normally, you know, that's the route you want to go on. But it's really important to actually look into the future and to see, you know, what's going to be happening, where's it going to be in terms of, you know, what's in demand. So it's, it's all right loving something, but then obviously we need to balance it out um, to really make sure it's, it's you know, gonna, going to be a job that's it's required. Um, so that's really good. Well, thank you so much for sharing such great knowledge, um, Jess. It's been fantastic today. Have you, um, how can everyone get in touch with you? Or if, if someone needs more advice on careers, how can they connect? So the best thing to do, so my website is just thecareerslady.com, so that's pretty straightforward, and there's lots of information on there and links to the resources and things that I've shared today. Um, and then for anyone that's on LinkedIn as well, um, my name is Jessica Cook, and I should I say should be quite easy to find, but it's quite a common name, so maybe not. Um, but it's Jessica Cook, and then the tagline is The Careers Lady, so that should allow people to find me on there as well. And I'm happy to answer any questions. Anything that's going to help a young person, I'll be more than happy to help with. That's wonderful. And we look forward to working with you in the future as well and um, getting you involved with everything that's going on with Cygaled and uh, hopefully helping us guide a few students too. So thank you so much for your time, Jess. It's been a pleasure uh, and I'll see you very soon. Yeah, thank you, Melanie. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Future of Education podcast by Cygaled. Please join us weekly for new episodes. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Cygaled and visit cygaled.com to register for the app. Have a wonderful rest of the week.